Amen. Brother Ben shot a goose, killed a hand. This is not a seeker-friendly Sunday morning. So I'm moving that thing. Good God, good meat, good food. Let's eat. Come on, somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come on, let me hear it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Not bad for a couple Caucasian people. All the people with CRD, Caucasian Rhythmic Disorder. We're still, we're going to love you. We're going to love that CRD out of you in Jesus' name. It's a, it's a demon. It's a devil. You know, every once in a while at a wedding, you see somebody with CRD and you can't help but to laugh. And now that everyone has a smartphone, you get a little video footage. I got some one of the last weddings I was at. This guy, like, off rhythm. Praise the Lord. Are you all alive this morning? Well, I'm already having fun, so you can have fun with me or you can be the chosen frozen. But I'm going to have a good time. Turn your uh, uh, Bibles open to Matthew chapter 9, if you would. Um, and uh, John, you're good, dude. Let's just wait until the end and see what happens. I was going to have him come up. Um, but let's just go for it. Matthew chapter 9. Are you all ready? We're going to take a break from the series that we've been doing. I got a word for you. How many are excited about the new building? Come on, somebody. Man, we got the banner up. If you have not been by, you need to drive by, check it out. Um, do a drive-by prayer, that is, and just cruise by. It's on um, Stephanie in American Pacific. And uh, thanks to the wonderful Ed Miller. Um, we got the banner up. He was on the scissor lift. And Luis was actually up there with him for a minute. His legs were shaking. He's like, can you get me down, bro? Ryder was up there with him. So we got the banner up. We have some posters on the, uh, on the doors, and it says grand opening. We're anticipating uh, three, four weeks for our first Sunday morning over there. Come on, somebody. And we need your help. Um, if you have uh, some, some funds that you want to give into the building fund, if you got like an old refrigerator you want to sell, like an old Sub-Zero that's worth a couple Gs or something, we need the building fund. We need to pump some money. We still got to raise about $30,000. Um, and so... Uh, we just encourage you, you can go online and give if you want, um, and, and you'll see uh, there's a link for donation on there. Uh, but be praying about that, please, because we need all of the things that you need in order to get it going. So we've raised some money so far. We've raised about 5000 but we need about another thirty. Um, and, uh, and we just want to be ready to go. My father-in-law is doing all the construction, many of you know, and he's doing it at cost. And so we had a work day the other day, and we're thankful for everyone that showed up. And we got to knock some walls down over there. How many know you got to knock walls down sometimes in order to rebuild lives? It's a good word. And so we're, um, we're knocking the main wall down. We're moving it over. And, man, I'm just excited. And people are driving by. I had a, uh, the owner of uh, one of the furniture stores in that complex drive by. And he's like, is this a church? He's like, what's going on? He introduced himself to me. He's like, anything you need, let me know. And they're going to come to church and they're really excited about it. I said, yeah, we need some furniture for our offices. I don't have to share an office now. So I'm getting a new desk. Come on, somebody. I'm going to walk over there and be like, so remember the other day you met me? <laughs> so favor ain't fair. We got our use permit approved. Come on, somebody. It went through like, boom, like it was nothing. And uh, 
So we're good to go, and it's, it's coming. The time is coming. We're going to be transitioning. I'm really excited about that move, and I want to talk to you about where we're headed as a church, where we're going. Um, and and I've, I feel like uh, we, we do some things really well. How many know we do some things pretty good as a church? I think we do some things pretty good. And there's a lot of things, and you, you individually do some things really well. And there's some things you probably don't do well at all, right? I, I know I, do some, I don't do some things well at all. Um, there's something, if you ask me to build something, I like, you know, when it comes Christmas time, I don't like putting stuff together. I will not follow the instructions. I'll look at the picture and there'll be 14 screws left over. I don't care. It's going to roll. It'll work. You know, might have one pedal on it and you know, something's not working right, but I don't, I, that's, that's how I roll. But as a church, we do some things really well and some things we don't do quite as well. And I want to talk to you this morning about where I believe God wants us to strengthen uh, what we do and, and something that we need to rekindle, something that's inside every one of us, and maybe we need to rekindle it a little bit. Maybe we just need to stir it up. Are you ready for that this morning? I want you to pray with me, um, and then we're going to go for it. I'm going to be teaching you out of Matthew chapter 9, and we're going to talk about Jesus. Ah, go figure. We're in church. So we're going to be talking about him and, uh, and what he's called us to do. So pray with me right now. Would you come on? Father, we thank you for this moment. We thank you that we embrace this moment first and foremost, Lord. We're open. Holy Spirit, whatever you want to do. And Father, we thank you uh, for words of life, words of grace, words that transform. And Father, I thank you for what uh, this fire, this word is like a fire in my bones, Lord. I can't hold back. And I'm, I'm looking forward to imparting it. Thank you for the anointing upon it right now. And, and Lord, uh, I just pray that every person in this room would just be touched by your grace uh, and by your presence and by your power in the name of Jesus. Would you shout amen really loud and then give God a shout of praise? Come on. Give him a really big shout. Come on. That's sweet. Come on. Clap your hands. Amen. So Matthew chapter 9, this is, this is like an amazing chapter. Uh, how many love the Gospels? I mean, if you just read the Gospels and you read the, the red words, sometimes you got to get back to the red words. Amen? Sometimes we, we drift off into the black and white and, and, and we, and we got to get to the color. We got to get to the vividness of who God is. And we see him in the life of Jesus. Now, Jesus, that's who we're following, right? I mean, we're Christians. We, how many know that this whole thing is about following the way? It's about following what he came to show us. And he came to reveal the heart of the Father. And, and you know, you read like Matthew chapter 5 and 6 and 7 and the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is like, you know, blessed are you that are poor for yours is the kingdom of heaven. And he goes and just takes us on a journey and he reveals the heart of God to us. He's like, don't worry about tomorrow. And he, and he says, listen, God values you more than, look at the sparrows, but you're way more valuable than them. Let me teach you how to pray. Forget all that religious stuff that you learn, all that vain repetitious, Lord, 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 God, 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 Lord, Lord, God, but just Father. Like he came to just show us a new way. And so if you read the Gospels and really kind of get what Jesus, now he's discipling regular people, or in some ways, he's discipling some pretty funky, messed up people, right? I mean, a fisherman who's just wild, a, a tax collector, which we see in this chapter, Matthew gets called, he's a, a, you know, tax collectors were thieves, they were robbers, they didn't, they didn't do what was right, and, and so Jesus just calls him, and he's like, follow me, 
And they leave everything behind. Because when you encounter Jesus, it's easy to let go of everything for a person. Um, when you encounter the real Jesus, it, it, you don't have to think about it. You, you don't have to say, well, maybe I should. No, you just run after what God says, what He's calling you to do. So Matthew, in, uh, in this chapter, Matthew the tax collector, it says that he, he leaves everything behind. In Luke's account, Luke chapter 5, it says that he left everything and immediately followed Jesus. I mean, talk about a conversion. One minute, he's a dishonest tax collector. The next minute, they're partying at his house. And he's like, I'm a Jesus follower. And guess what? Jesus was partying with him. And, and the, the religious crowd said, why are you hanging out with sinners? You're eating and drinking, which means he probably was drinking wine. Uh, I know some of you don't like that, but that's just, that, that's the life that he lived. Now, I want you to understand that uh, that, that Jesus came against the same religious spirit, okay? Now, all throughout his ministry, he came to show a new way. And many times the Pharisees, everyone knows, the Pharisees try to trip him up. They try to say something like, you know, well, you know, whose authority did John the Baptist? You know, they always try to trip him up. And he just, I mean, Jesus was smooth. Like his style, his flavor, he always just shut them up every time. How many know what I'm talking about? And be, because he's God, and if God wants to outsmart him, he can. But this this particular account, now I want to just go through the whole chapter real quick, verse by verse. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to just give you some thoughts here. So in the beginning, Jesus forgives and heals a paralyzed man. No big deal, right? I mean, a paralyzed man, and that's the Jesus way. Come on. That's the Jesus style, by the way. That's, that is normal Christianity. Hello? That is when the natural and the super will come, and, and the super come together. That's supernatural, naturally supernatural. When the nat- natural and super come together, that's just that's the Jesus way. So Jesus forgives a paralyzed man and he heals him. Now that's powerful. That's that's how he lived. That's who he was. He came to set the captives free. Then the next chapter, he calls Matthew. You know, follow me. Matthew leaves everything behind. And then they're hanging out at his house. And they're partying down. And they're, they're, they're enjoying company. They're fellowshipping. They're, you know, you can enjoy God when you share a meal with a brother. Come on, somebody. Especially if it's soul food. For some reason, soul food touches your soul. Like good collard greens. It touches my soul. You know what I'm talking about? Does anyone here know what I'm talking about? Seriously. Oh, man, if you just stop for a minute and think about God made food for you to enjoy. Now, I know we should eat healthy, but listen, I eat healthy and then the rest of the day I eat whatever I want. I'll go to Whole Foods in the morning, eat real healthy, and then the rest of the day I'll just eat pizza and whatever I want. Praise God. I eat healthy in the morning. Amen. (laughs) So they're partying. They're enjoying. They're having good fellowship. God wants you to enjoy your life. And they're like, why don't your disciples fast? Jesus. That's my religious face, my Pharisee face, you know. Why don't your disciples fast? And Jesus says, listen, listen, here's what I'm going to share with you today, okay? He says, listen, you cannot put new wine in old wineskins. And he says, you, you can't put a patch on an old wineskin or it, it won't look right and it, it will break. You put new wine in an old wineskin. Why? Because the old wineskin is not expandable. Or, or let me say it this way. It's immovable. Uh, the old wineskin doesn't move. The old wineskin is just stuck where it's at. And Jesus says, 
you eating new wineskins. In Luke's account, he even says, you know, some people just like the old wine. And, and he's talking to the Pharisees. Some people are just satisfied with the old. Hello? But he says, I'm, I've come to change some things. I've come to give you some new wine. Not only that, but I, I, you've got to have new wineskins. Now, how many know as a church, I think we, we're, we really have seen God forming a new wineskin in our, in our community. Come on, somebody. Amen? And, and I believe it's important that we know we're reformers. It's who we are. And listen, we need reformation, but we also need revival. Hello? Uh, we need new wineskins, but we also need new wine. And I feel like we're moving into a transition where you're going to, and I want you to get ready because God is just going to give you just a little aperitif of some new wine. How many have ever been to a wine tasting place? All the sinners rose their hand up. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) You know, you go to a wedding and they have champagne like, oh, that's nice. Listen, you're about to get just a little taste of the sweetest wine that you've ever had. Listen, there's a wineskin that's being formed, but new wine is coming. So Jesus says, listen, it doesn't work like that. You need new wineskins in order to put... And, it, and sometimes it makes a mess. Look, look at any past revival, the wine spills, you know, people get drunk. Like, you know, it just, it happens. By the way, Jesus turned water into wine. And he used a religious ceremonial... Uh, stoneware too. Isn't that great? Don't you love Jesus? He just walks in. He's like, hey, Pharisees, yeah, let's use that. What you use for purification. We're going to use that to turn water into wine because we're going to party down at this wedding. That's a symbol of God's love touching covenant and touching family. Come on, somebody. That's, that's the first miracle we see in Jesus' life. So we look in Matthew 9. It's the Jesus style. The next thing, They're questioning about fasting. You know, why do your disciples fast? He says, I didn't come to call the righteous. I came to call the sinners to repentance. Listen, I want to just, let me just try to encapsulate the context of this. Jesus touches the broken right where they're at. Like Jesus comes in and it doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, who you are, what people said about you. He comes and he touches the broken. Jesus is the one that will go to the places where everyone has been excluded and excommunicated and say, guess what? You're included. He'll walk up to the leper that's got no hand and touch the leper. Nobody touches lepers. They, they, they live an affectionateless life. They don't have affection. Are you listening to me? God's the type of God that comes to the one that nobody else wants and he grabs a hold of him and says you're a son you're a daughter and i love you this is the jesus that we're seeing here and the jesus is that we're following him the disciples are following him and and he's not religious he does things differently he'll heal a paralyzed guy you know because that's who he is and he says by the way you're forgiven because that's who jesus is he's a forgiving god and the next little thought here it says jesus raises a dead girl and heals a sick woman. No big deal, right? Just let me raise someone from the dead. That's the Jesus style. Come on, somebody. That's the Jesus way. And you as a believer, that is a part of our heritage. That's who we are. That's what's inside of you. You are called to go into all the world and preach the gospel of that kingdom, the king's domain. And when the kingdom manifests, when Jesus being the ruler and the king of kings and the Lord of lords, when he manifests through your life, People get saved, healed, and delivered. It's just, it is what it is. When we first started the church, I saw a lot of issues with the church in general. I used to be a very critical individual. Sometimes I still am. But I used to be very critical of the church. And I realized that God 
was trying to do something in my heart to get me to stop criticizing the lack and just become the more. And I, and I realized that I was on my own journey and I'm learning the Jesus style. We used to do outreaches. When we came to Henderson, we do big outreach. And I love outreaches. We'd go, we would feed the hungry. We would love on people. We'd give stuff away. Come on, somebody. We would draw crowds of a thousand people. And then we had, of course, we had an agenda behind it all. They had to pray our little magical sinner's prayer. And that's just right. It's like the hidden agenda of evangelicalism. You know what I'm talking about, right? And it's okay. Like people got saved. But there was something missing even in that, even in that wineskin, even in that model. And, and you know, I, I'm all about, like, we need to get out there in the streets. And, but I was, I was like, okay, I love doing outreaches, but how about, why don't we become an outreach? And so I believe that we're seeing a transition not only in our church but in the body of Christ where we're becoming an outreach. Now, so now we can become so comfortable in the wineskin being formed that we forget the purpose is not to just say, look at that nice little wineskin, but it's to contain new wine. Sometimes we can get so, yes, oh, the heart of the Father, the heart of the Father. We don't realize if the heart of the Father is being revealed to us, it's so we can reveal it to somebody else. And God is taking us from a place of not only are are we forming a new wineskin, and God is doing it, but he's getting ready to pour out some new wine. And let me tell you something. There's a lot of souls. There's hundreds and there's thousands and there's multitudes of broken people that are going to be coming into the house of God, coming into the family of God. Come on, give God a shout of praise. So the Jesus style. Then he heals a blind guy and a mute right after this. I mean, Matthew chapter 9, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. All these miracles... Just boom, one after another. The Jesus way. Like this is who he is. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Acts 10.38. He went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. See, the anointing on your life is not so you can feel good about yourself and sit in a comfortable chair in the house of the Lord and say, I'm anointed. Glory. Glory and prophesy over sister so-and-so every other Sunday and shout hallelujah one time. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is so you can break bondages off of people's lives. Because there's some people out there that have never been touched. See, there's some people out there, they don't even know what new wine is. They don't even know. And, and, and sometimes I think we forget, we get so wrapped up in the growing that we forget that there should be some going. Hello? Amen. We get so wrapped up in, yes, the heart of God. But if if I'm really experiencing the heart of God for myself, then I'm going to reveal the heart of God to humanity. Hello? It's the same concept. Like if I love God, my relationship with people is going to be right. There's a direct reflection. Matter of fact, if I have issues with people all the time, I probably got issues with God. If I'm constantly critical of other people, I'm probably critical of something inside me. I'm not happy. I'm not... I'm not centered. I don't even know like my own significance. So here we are in this journey as a church. And I'm telling you, I want you to anticipate. I want you to grab a hold of God's heart. I want you to see, look at Matthew 9, read it on your own. We're about ready to read some verses starting at verse 35 in just a moment. But I want you to get this, that, that God is taking us from a journey from, yes, he's forming a new wineskin. And guess what? The wineskin must be 
expandable. Let me say it this way. It must be able to move. Sometimes we, if, if, listen, let me say this. Are you ready? Are you ready? If we are not moving, we might be an old wineskin ourselves. Hello? When's the last time you touched somebody with the love of God? When's the last time you, you got to share Jesus with somebody? Hello? No amens right there. What's going on, guys? It's 11 a.m. You guys should be a little more alive. 9 a.m. got you, man. They were alive. There's, there's people standing up. Kevin stood up. He stood up 9 a.m. You know, it got real quiet. If we're not moving, maybe we become the old wineskin. And God's like, I want some new wine. But here, we cannot get so stuck in the growing that we forget to go, that we forget to move. God empowers us with the Holy Spirit. Why? So we can be a witness in all the earth. He reconciles us to himself. Why? So we can reconcile the world. I remember preaching grace and the love of God, like, I mean, you know, quoting verses, until I saw a prostitute and a pimp crying right here. And that was the moment I said, now I really got to believe in grace. It was like the rubber meets the road right here. You know where the rubber meets the road in our encounters with God? Because we'll run up to the altar and, oh, yes, here am I, Lord, send me. And Monday morning, we're complaining about our boss when God's called us to reflect the love of Jesus. Come on, we're complaining about this one and that one, and I wish she would get fired because she's so annoying. <laughs> here am I, send me. I just want to show the love of God everywhere I go. Sister's got mascara all the way down to your blouse. Come on, just everywhere. Some sisters that got to paint a little extra eyebrow smeared because PZ just bam, went like that. And you're, oh, here am I, send me, Lord. Expand my capacity to love God. Oh, don't pray that prayer. Someone will stab you in the back right afterwards. Trust me. Judas will come in your life. Expand my capacity to love. Oh, God, I just want to love everyone. Then we pass all the broken people every single day, everywhere we go. I mean, can we just be real? If we can't be real in church, what's the point? God is calling us to go from growing to going. God is saying the wineskin is looking pretty good, but it's stuck. It's going to become old. And the point of the wineskin is not to just look like a nice little wineskin. The point is to use it. You ever have, uh, and some of you may have this, you know, beautiful china that never gets used. <laughs> Sometimes that's a lot of Christians. That's who we are. We're real polished. And nobody can eat out of them. Nobody can utilize their, what is their purpose? What is our purpose? Come on. What is, you know what your purpose is? To reach the unreached and to touch the untouched. This is where God's calling us. As we transition into a new building, listen, the harvest is ripe. Get ready. I need you to be ready. Some of you community leaders, get ready. Some of you people that want to step into making disciples, get ready. Get ready to not allow the spirit of fence to hit you because things are going to happen. It's just, it is what it is when broken people show up, hurt people, hurt people, and you still need to be healed too. So be careful. But God has taken us somewhere and he's taking us from growing to going. He's taking us to, uh, you know, having sympathy to being moved with compassion. And we can be sympathetic, but sympathetic, usually we just stay right where we are. But if we're moved with compassion, compassion moves us. Like it, it changes us. There's something about grabbing a hold of the heart of God. Now, Jesus is clearly revealing, this is who I am. This is my style. This is my way. This is how I roll. Follow me. And then he stops 
And he speaks to his disciples about everything that just happened. I want to read. Ready? Matthew 9, 35. Jesus went through all the towns, the villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Healing every disease and sickness. You know, Jesus, let me just stop there. He didn't do that because he wanted to look powerful. You know why he did it? Love. I bet there was a righteous enmity against every person that Jesus, God, the God-man, with his own eyes, when he saw somebody with, with an infirmity, I bet you there was an indignation and enmity that said, no. See, it's the same enmity that God put between the enemy's seed and his seed and, and, and Adam. You know that? And, and the seed is reference to the Messiah. But do you know that there's enmity between them? Now, I'm going to tell you something. There's a righteous enmity against the powers of darkness. Jesus walked in that. So he goes on. He says he healed all those that were sick. And he saw the crowds. Listen, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. They were like a sheep. They were like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, now this is him talking to his disciples. We have a whole chapter of all these miracles. Then he says, listen, guys, listen. He says, the harvest is plentiful. Look, but the laborers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Now let's stop right there just for a minute. We're going to talk about that. But Jesus reveals his heart and he's walking with them. He's showing them how it works. Are you thankful that God shows us how it works? He walks with us. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. It's not hard. It's, we just have to walk with him. We just have to yoke ourselves to him and let him lead us. And he, he can lead us and teach us to love people. He can lead us and teach us to see people the way God sees them. I, I, I remember the moment. I, I've been preaching grace for some time. Like, God's a God of grace. And then I see a, a pimp and a prostitute weeping right here at the altar. Or we have a, a transsexual that came into the building and, and she probably had never been embraced in a long time with pure arms. And we got to embrace her and love her. And she just wept over and over and over. These moments where, where the rubber meets the road, where we actually have to become love. Love actually looks like something. Love is substance. Love is real. And when we, when we know the Jesus way, when we when we see the wineskin being formed, let us be very careful not to just grow, grow, grow. But we, gotta, we, we cannot forget that God is calling us to go, go, go. That is the great commission. We are called to touch the untouched. Are you hearing me this morning? We are called to reach the unreached. There are people, there's still people out there that are broken. Are you hearing me? There's still people out there that are being sex trafficked. There's still a lot of broken ladies that are out there. There's some women that still have yet to come and, and Mama Shell is going to grab them like a mama and say, I love you. You're going to be okay. And I'm going to break this thing off of you. There's still some sons out there that I'm going to adopt. I'm ready to adopt hundreds and thousands of sons that have never had the love of a father that have never had the love of someone saying, I'm proud of you. I'm behind you. There's still some broken people out there. And guess what? We're called to reach it. Come on. We're called to this city. What happens in Las Vegas will not stay in Las Vegas, but will shake the nations for the glory of God. I'm preaching way better than you're responding, but I still love you. God empowers us with the spirit. Why? 
So we can look holy? No, so we can touch people and release bondages and break bondages. There is a heart for people that is going to just begin to move on this body. And I'm telling you, we're going to be focusing on reaching people a lot more in this house because that's where we're headed. We're healthy. We're a healthier family than we were two, three, four years ago. And now we're ready with open arms. We're not perfect, but we we got a wine skin kind of formed. And guess what? There's some new wine coming out. There's an awakening that's coming forward. Get ready. There's going to be hundreds. There's going to be thousands. And I need you. God needs you. Are you hearing me this morning? I need you. God needs you. Every part of your life, get ready to serve. Get ready to get yourself out of your self-absorbed Christianity. Get ready to rise up and become Jesus to the world. Now, I love this. Let me just close with this right here. Matthew 10, Matthew 9. There's no chapters in this gospel initially. We put those there later. Jesus God reveals his heart to us so that we know what to do. God reveals his heart to us so we take it, we grab it, we run, we do something. Amen? You know, some of my kids have a hard time getting up in the morning. We'll walk in there and, hey, get ready. Got to go to school. Get up. Come on. We got to go. Got to go. Look at the person next to you and say, you got to go. Got to go. We try to get our kids up sometimes. You know, put your shoes on. Come back five minutes later, they got a sock in their hand. Oh, sometimes my wife will be like, honey, you go talk to your children. When they're bad, they're my children. What is up with that? And, and you know, it takes time. Listen, I want my kids to know they got a nice bed. They got a comfy, they got clean clothes. Come on, somebody. We're blessed. We're so blessed. They got a home. They got... All the food they need. And some of them, you can tell, they got a little extra. They know they got plenty of food. They got stored food. Come on, somebody. Uh, But I don't want that to keep them in a place where they're not making good choices and they're not being responsible and they're not taking responsibility in their own life. I want them to dream big. So as a father, I do all of that. They, They never question my love for them. Sometimes as believers, we're in this place where I know God's love and, oh, God is so good and I experience God, but we forget. Sometimes we, we, we're still stuck in bed. Like we're entering God's rest, but there's people out there that don't get any rest. Hello? Are you with me this morning? And God wants you to get up out of bed. And sometimes you got to just sit up my dad taught me this. When you're really tired, just sit up in bed and just and little by little, just wake up. There's a process. And as a body, we're going to be transitioning from growing to going. We're going to be transitioning from new wine skin that's still expandable and still being formed to there's some new wine coming out. And guess what? There's some people out there that need to hear the gospel. There's some people out there that you in your spirituality, many of you are very keen spiritually. You're very sensitive to the Holy Spirit. On Sunday morning. But Monday through Saturday, some of you do it really well. Some of, some of us do it real well. Some of us could use it. I could use a little out there. I need to go a little bit, okay? Some of us are here where we're just, oh, we're just, oh, the heart of God resting in the Father's arms, and that's all we ever do. Some of us are way over here, and we are an evangelist, and every stinking person we talk to is going to hear the gospel. 
as a body, not you individually, we're probably, this being dead center, are about right here. And God wants us to move. Both are very important, but we need to move over here a little bit more. Come on, somebody. Because your keen spirituality is not just for Sunday morning to edify brothers and sisters in Christ, but the person at Starbucks that needs a word, like they've been crying out to God at night. You know how many people, I, I, I could tell you story after story, people like I just prayed two minutes ago and then I meet you. Like there's this one lady that, that me and my mother-in-law just knew we got to turn around. We got to go minister. We just knew. We both said it literally at the same time. And we turn around, this lady named Kim crying. She's, she's pushing a baby. We take her in. We're like, we want to buy you a bunch of groceries. She starts crying. I just prayed two minutes ago for God to please send somebody. Then we got to take her home. On the way home, she's crying, receiving Jesus. Her name was Kim. Her destiny was altered. On the way home, about two miles from her house, she lived in Crack Alley, not a good area. We're, we're on the way home and we see save Kim's job. That's a sign and a wonder. Kim's destiny was just altered because someone said yes. Because someone stopped what they were doing to take time for the one. You know how many times I've, I've been an answer to somebody's prayer. Now, Jesus prayed this prayer, said, guys, look, uh, the harvest is great. Have you ever been in a prayer meeting and then said amen and then didn't do anything about it? That's growing. I mean, that's, that's on this side. But God wants you, sometimes we have to wake up and realize we are co-workers with God. Jesus answered his own prayers by sending his disciples out in the next verse. Hello? Prayer changes things. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes prayer's got to change you to go out and change some things. We don't live in this place of, oh, I'm just going to sit here and pray. Will you pray for me? Yeah, but get a job. Like, do something. Hello? Well, pray, pray that I get a job. Yeah, go look, and I'll pray for favor on you. It's already on you. Amen. It's the same principle. Like, God wants you to, there's something that we got to do. We are co-workers with God. You know how many times I've been an answer to someone's prayer unknowingly just by being receptive to what God was saying, not just in the building, but on the streets. Matter of fact, one time on the back porch here of our church, these two teenagers sitting on the back porch and, uh, I didn't feel like witnessing the gospel in that moment. I was tired. I was busy. I was working. I was loading stuff in the church. Um, and, and I said, Hey, how's it going, bro? And this guy's smoking a cigarette out there with his girlfriend. And instead of answering what he normally answered, which is, cool, bro, thanks. For some reason, he felt like he had to be honest with me. Maybe because I didn't even know if he knew it was a church or not. But he says, actually, not very good, man. And I got to minister the love of God to him. And I said, can I just pray for you? Don't tell me anything. Let me just pray for you. I start praying for him, releasing the kingdom. God starts giving me downloads. And I saw his heart broken over a little girl. I said, you got a daughter, don't you? He just starts crying. I'm like, God loves you. And God loves your daughter. And he wants you to rise up. He wants you to be a good father. And he wants, to, he wants to set you free from the addiction. And he's just crying his eyes out. And he's telling everybody, this pastor told me everything about my life. Bro, I don't even understand what's going on. He's telling, he's witnessing what he encountered God. But in the moment, I didn't really feel like doing that. But guess what? That's what I live for. Come on, somebody. There's still a lot of people out there that don't know that rest that we experience all the time, 24-7. 
They don't know what grace is. We can preach it well, talk it well, live the whole wineskin thing, but where's the new wine? We gotta move from growing to going. Come on, somebody. We gotta move from this place and we become a little stagnant. And I'm telling you, get ready because there's some new wine that is coming out. So Jesus answers his own prayer. He goes out, he says, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, freely receive, freely give. I'm telling you, there's some blind eyes that are gonna be open, there's some deaf ears. It will come to a common place where we even can get too familiar with it. But I'm telling you, we will ask one another in years' time, how many people you see raised from the dead this month? (laughs) You believe it, don't you? (laughs) Little Josiah. Josiah, when you pray for that kid, did he just get raised from the dead? Be like, yeah, it was cool, Dad. (laughs) I believe it. I've seen people raised from the dead. I've seen people raised up off their deathbed. I've seen miracles. I see people get healed all the time, but more is coming. There's an acceleration. And we've got to live in that lifestyle and understand that if, if we're accelerating, then there's stuff we've got to do. Come on, somebody. We've got to move forward and move ahead. In the beginning of this year, we prophesied. I'm closing with this. We prophesied that God is calling us to move up and move forward. How many remember that? At the time, we were not sure about what we were going to do. Fourscore was trying to give us this building. Um, and uh, we kind of just wasted time on it. It wasn't cost effective. So we started looking and I prophesied at the beginning of this year in January. I said, this year we'll move into a new building. You ever say something like, why did I just say that? It was one of those moments like, I don't know. This year, me, years, the year of Jubilee, which is 50 years, every 50 years, right? Try to just backpedal on what I just said. Guess what? We're going to be a new building in a few weeks. Come on, somebody. But here was the word. We're moving up and we're moving forward. We're moving. We're growing as a, a church. We're growing deep and wide like our roots are rooted, secure. But the whole point is to bear fruit. If your roots are going down, that means no matter what wind comes or what storm comes, but you're bearing fruit. You're healthy. A healthy tree bears fruit. A healthy tree reproduces. If every person in our church reproduced themselves... Just two times, just two people this year, triple the size of a body that can be effective and reach our city. Come on, somebody. Go from 250 to 750 in a year because every person took ownership said, I'm going to disciple two people. I'm going to get their butts in church. I'm going to witness to them. They're going to get discipled, saved, healed, delivered. Listen, this is, this is the Jesus style. God wants you to be equipped for the work of the ministry. Amen. There's a good wineskin, but there's new wine coming. So get ready and get moving. Don't be the old wineskin. If you're stagnant and not moving, you might be the old wineskin. I don't want to be the old wineskin. I want to get out there. I want to get moving. I'm not, I got some people this week I'm not going to pass by. I got some people I'm going to see this week, and God's going to tell me to go do pray for them. He's going to say, your knee's jacked up. Are you ready to be healed? Are you done with that pain? I mean, I, I'm ready. Are you guys ready? Come on, as a body, it's time to move to the going. Come on, somebody. I want you to stand up with me. Let's pray. You know, it's interesting right after this, I believe it's Matthew's account or possibly Luke's. There's this verse where, you know, Jesus says something like, he says, foxes have holes. And what is that scripture? You guys know what I'm talking about? And the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Some people think that, oh, Jesus needed a place to stay. That's not what he was saying. You know what he was talking about? What is it? Foxes 
hole for? What is a den for? It's to reproduce. Think about it. Jesus was looking for disciples to reproduce. It's like, where can I lay my head? Where can I rest? Where can I reproduce what I'm doing in the earth? Hello. God wants us to move into this realm of multiplication. And it requires every single one of us to posture ourselves in a place where we say, Lord, here am I, send me. And we're not saying yes to God based upon stipulations like God, I'll witness, but I ain't going to go on a mission trip. Or I'll witness, but listen, get out of your narcissistic, narcissistic Christianity, people. Hello? Hello? Let me hear a shout of praise right there. I know there's one person that just went for it. Let's just be real. Christians are some of the most selfish people in the world. Let's share our bread. The early church said if a child died of starvation and a Christian had bread, they were guilty of that child's death. Let's take ownership again. Let's not just say God is in control. There's starving people all over the world. It must be for a reason. No. You know what the reason? So we can rise up and we can feed the hungry. We can clothe the naked. We can visit those that are in prison. We can freely give because we freely receive. When's the last time you thought about, oh, the blood of Jesus that washed me white as snow? There's some people that have no idea what that feels like. And there's a lot of Christians that forgot what that feels like. Let's go back to that place where we say, oh, the blood of Jesus, sweet salvation, where we just know, God, you set me free. And the reason you set me free is because I have a word in my mouth. It's called the good news of Jesus Christ. Come on, wake up, saints. It's time to move from growing to going. Let's go from new wine skins to the new wine. There's some souls that are coming into the kingdom of God. Let's reproduce. Let's say yes to the kingdom and not based on I'll do this and I'll do this and all this, but I won't do that. Just say, God, I sign the bottom of a blank page. Whatever you call me to do, I will do it. If you call me to give money to the poor, give money to the church building, whatever it is, God, I'm going to do it. Hello. Let me tell you something. Let me close with this right here. I know I said that preachers have three of those. Okay. Three closings. We're allowed. Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. When my wife and I started this church, we were getting kicked out of our home that we had just bought about a year and a half before that. We lost our business. We lost all our real estate properties. That was our business. Lost everything. And God says, now I want you to plant a church. Are you serious, God? Why can't I do it when I had money in the bank? We had no money. We didn't even know where we were going to live. The step of faith for me to just go. Sometimes you're you're not going to see a miracle until you go. Until you take that step. Just, I'm going, Lord. See, miracles and signs follow the apostles. If you ain't moving, there ain't nothing going to follow you. Hello? When we planted the church, the, the sweet freedom of just saying, all right, God, I trust you with everything. I'm going. We didn't know where we were going to live. We didn't know. I mean, you can ask some of the people that were with us. There were times we didn't have food and someone would show up with groceries. We didn't say nothing. God spoke to them. They'd show up with a bunch of bags of groceries and my kids never went hungry. They never went hungry. God has always provided because he provides for the vision. He provides, but you got to say yes. It's a risk. I know it's scary, but you got to say yes. 
And He's calling us to move forward as a body. He's calling us to move forward because there's a lot of people that need to hear the gospel. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready to go. I don't want to pass one by. When we started the church, I said, we're going to go and just find the one. Rochelle, let's just find the one. Because if one is important to me, because it's important to God, then two is important. And three, if I can't handle one, then I can't handle two or three or four. Hello? God wants us to steward people. And there's a lot of broken people that are just waiting for you to pray for them. They're waiting for you to give them a word fitly spoken to make their heart glad. They've been stuck in depression for years. They've been broken. You've got a song to sing over them. You've got a voice full of the the love of God to speak life into them. Can I hear you say amen? So Lord, we say, here am I. Send me whatever it takes, God. We're ready. We're ready to move up. We're ready to move forward. Thank you for the new building, Father. Come on, how many are thankful for where we're headed as a church? Are you glad that you're just moving up and moving forward? That means that he's about to bless you too. That means he's about to just pour out new wine. Isn't just spiritual. Listen, everything that happens in the spirit affects everything in the natural. You understand that? They're superimposed over one another. And your finances are about to go to a whole nother level. Why? Because he wants you to bless people around you. Kingdom of God come in the earth. Will of God be done in the name of Jesus. As a church, we say yes to going. Come on, would you just say it? Say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We say yes. It's that simple. Thank you, Father. I thank you for what you're doing in the hearts of your people. Give us your heart, Jesus. Give us your heart for the broken God. Give us your heart for the widow, the orphan. There's some prodigal sons and daughters that need some love. There's some women out there that have been abused and hurt and they don't know what real love is, God. Give us your heart for the broken. Can you pray with me for a moment? Just say, God, give us your heart for the broken. Give us your heart for the orphan and the hurting. Let them all come and drink living water. Let them all come. Jesus, I thank you for the great commission. Listen quickly. Every eye closed. Every eye closed right now. Every eye closed. If you're here in this place, you say, I'm ready to surrender to Jesus. The stuff you're talking about, that's not what I thought Jesus was about. I thought he was just, I thought he was all about telling me how bad I was and how wrong I was. No, 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 no. He's got open arms. He's been pursuing you. He loves you. He wants you to know you're forgiven. You're accepted and you're loved. If you never surrendered your life to Jesus, this is your moment. I want you to quickly, without hesitation, raise your hand right now and say, I'm ready to surrender all. Come on, lift your hand high. I'm ready to surrender all. There's hands going up all over this room. If you said in your heart, you said, I want to get back to that place where I'm so passionate. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Come on, you lift your hand up too right now. Come on, raise your hand high if that's you. I don't care if you've been in this church for five years, saved for 30 years, or been in here for 30 seconds. I want you, if you raise your hand, quickly come to this front right now. We're going to pray together. We're going to stand together. I want you to praise God as they come right now. Respond to the call of God to be an outreach. Come on. Respond to the call of God. There's more. Come, run. Don't hesitate. Get up here if you raise your hand. We say yes, Lord. Now as you come, lift your hands to heaven and say yes, Lord. Say, give me your heart, God. Come on, there's more. Just come. Don't hesitate. Come. 
This is it. My spiritual sons, there's a fire on you. Luis, I remember you were praying for that homeless guy, Ron. You didn't even know what to pray. Raised Catholic, go to church from time to time. I don't know your whole story, but I know you got baptized in the Holy Ghost. You grabbed that guy and you started praying in tongues and you prophesied. Let the fire of God hit your heart. Where's Luis right now? Is he in here? Let the fire of God hit your heart again, son, for evangelism. When you were out on the mission field in Mexico, something hit your heart. Let it be restored again. Come on, get up here right now. Are you thankful for this awesome young man right here? Come on. Lift your hands, bro. More. Fire on you now. Come on, stretch your hands forward. That's it, bro. It's real. It's as real as it gets, homie. It's fire. 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 Fire on you now. Jesus' name. That's it. proud of you. Come on, lift your hands right now and say yes. Say yes, Lord. Say yes, Lord. We say yes. We say yes. Give us your heart for the broken Lord. Give us your heart for the orphan. It's your heart for the world Cause you love the world, Lord Give us your heart for the orphan Give us your heart for the broken, Lord Give us your heart for the world You love the world, you love the world Now in this moment, I want you just seal this moment with your own cry and prayer to heaven. You have your spirit language, just raise, raise it up right now. Come on, this is a holy moment. Some of you are catching this right now. Some of you, I'm hoping everyone in this room, you're catching this. God's branding your heart. Holy, 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 holy. Here am I, send me, Lord. Holy, holy. Thank you, Father. Thank you for these beautiful people. Thank you for this church. Thank you for Encounter Church, Lord. Thank you for where we're going. Our methods might have changed, but the mission has never changed. We're here to reach the unreached, touch the untouched. We want to see the world saved, healed, and delivered. We want to see the captives set free. We say yes, Lord. We've seen hundreds saved, healed, delivered. We've seen miracles. Oh, but there's thousands. There's a whole city. There's hundreds of thousands. Not only that, but what happens in Vegas is going to affect the nations. Come on. There's more. There's more encounter churches to be planted. My son was telling me, he was prophesying, even though, oh, we're going to have an encounter church in Mexico. We're going to have an encounter church all over here. We're going to have an encounter church. He's just prophesying. He named like seven cities in a matter of seconds. Come on. God, we say yes to the mission. We say yes to the call. 
Now listen, those of you that are up front here, if you want to bow, if you want to pray, I want our community leaders, our prayer team, quickly come stand behind these and pray for them, would you? And if you want to be dismissed, you can be dismissed. Love some people before you go. Let's take some time and just burn. Let's take some time and just burn. Let's take some time and pray for our community. Come on, let's take some time and pray for our family members. Let's take some time and pray for our city. Pray for our church building. Pray for the bus ministry that still has yet to come into being. Come on, pray for the new outreaches that we're going to do. That's it. God bless you. I love you. I love you. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Jesus' name.